0: You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Poggio Oyemade. Pastor Bodju is the Senior Pastor of the Covenant Nation. Alright, so how we treat others governs all our experiences on this earth. Now, that's a bold statement to make. But let me start out from Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 2. It tells us that honor thy father and uh, your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. And it says, what is the promise that is attached to it? That it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on this earth. So here the scriptures is peeling off the veil and telling us that there is a relationship that determines how long you spend on this earth or can and your general well-being on this earth. It is a relationship that a person has with their parents in terms of the disposition in the heart of the child which is one of honoring. Now, it's very important. The scripture says, the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. If you wrongly interpret the scripture, you can come under unnecessary or undue, all right, condemnation. So we've got to understand what that word honor means. It doesn't mean that you cannot be in disagreement with them about your direction in life in which you want to take. Your parents may be atheists. They may not believe in the existence of God. They may be in fierce pursuit of God through another religion different from your own faith and that's the way they believe it. So they're in total disagreement with your own personal convictions. All right? And they can debate and challenge you on that. But that doesn't mean that you as a person should dishonor them. In fact... That is where honoring them will shine brighter because if you are in disagreement with a person, then the person doesn't expect certain things again from you because he says, well, I don't support this and I don't support that. But then from your heart, you honor them and you demonstrate it in certain ways. It says through this relationship here, And the practice of honoring your father and your mother, just this relationship, it determines your well-being on this earth and also how long you may spend on this earth. So all the relationships that we have in our lives have some promises or certain experiences that are attached to them. And in Christianity, Jesus, through the Holy Ghost, wants to take the veil off so that we come to understand, and this is what we're looking at, the essence and significance of these relationships, the very things God wants us to do in these relationships, and what will be the experience of the person or people who practice this? These are the statutes and judgments he wants us to see. So I'm saying all of our all of our experiences are governed, right, through relationships, how we treat other people. And once you begin to understand this, you will start, you know, looking at. People and treating them different, and it will begin to open up things for you in life. That's why there's no place for arrogance. There's no place for self exaltation or developing oppressive tendencies in your heart towards other people. Right now. Let me also say this here. And this another statement here. Even our relationship with God and how much we will benefit from our relationship with God is dependent upon how we treat ourselves. And I'll give a scripture here. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. So even when it comes to receiving answers to our prayers... It's based on that. That's why the Bible says that we have a confidence in him. That if our hearts condemn us not, there's this assurance we have. And it says it comes from the place of walking in love towards other people. So it says in First Peter chapter uh, 3 here uh, and 7, Likewise, husbands, dwell with them, that's with the wives now, we were saying the prior to this, according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife. So he says, give honor, give the wife her place, as unto the weaker vessel. Now, we're not speaking here about intellectual weakness or inferiority to a man, that men are intellectually all right, or mentally better than women. I mean, if you went to school, you will know that's not true. We don't have to go beyond that point. All right? You will know if you went to school and you sat down with lady, women, you will know from the class results that that statement is not scientific. Okay? In fact, I was saying this. A friend of mine, she's, she's married to the, uh, she's a pastor to to the bishop of um, Capital Assembly in Abuja. Uh, been classmates and from school, and she came out with the highest score in jam. All right, the, when, when we sat for jam, in fact, what happened was that she did it first jam. She got three twenty. She said she would do lower six. I think she got three forty or something. She had the highest score in nine, and she was first from the beginning to the end. So there was no equal from from one to the end. All right. So when he says weaker vessel, what he's talking about is biceps not brains, okay? And he says, honor the woman as, for example. You can see a man that went shopping and the woman is carrying the load. God says, you let her carry the load, I will let you to carry your load. <laughs> now, if you want to catch men in terms of treating their wives right, just go economical. Don't talk emotions. You don't thing. you have to love, no, no, no. Just make men understand that this thing will leak money. (laughs) They will open their ears. and So it says, treat her as a weaker vessel. Don't use your physical superiority to dominate her. Don't go into domestic violence. There is a curse on that thing. It says, look at what it says here. What is God telling us now? As being heirs together of the grace of life, that your what? prayers Be not what? Hindered. In other words, the way a man treats his wife uh, will determine what happens when that man kneels down to pray. So, in, and you will see other things, in this relationship here even with God, uh, in the context of it, the relationships we have with one another shape, right, what actually happens in the realm of the Spirit. So if we read on from 1 Peter 3:7, right, and we go to verse 8, and it's talking again about prayer. Finally, be all of one mind. Have compassion, one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. All right? that treat people with dignity. Okay, all right, next verse, not rendering evil for evil, railing for railing, but contrawise blessing, knowing that you are thereunto called call that you shall inherit a blessing. Verse 10, it says, for he that will love life and see good days, if you are going to love life and you are going to see good days, great opportunities on this earth. Have real remarkable days on this earth. Let that man refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Guile means that it's hypocrisy, which means that you speak one way, all right, before people and then on their back, you are saying some other thing there in your relationship with those people. So you say something in front of them And it's like the scripture says, you hide hatred with lying lips. So inside there's something else going on, but then you use words, all right, in a deceptive way. And it's like in an honorable way while something else is going on. Now, there's no thing wrong. The Bible says be angry. If you are upset with somebody, all right, call the person and tell the person. Don't go into guile. Look, call the person and tell the person. Okay, but don't be deceptive in the things that you do. Now, the reason why sometimes people don't tell people is that they say, well, I don't want to be misunderstood and people can misunderstand. Let them misunderstand you. It is better to be misunderstood but you told the person as you saw it inside your own heart. Even if the person denies it and says what you're saying is wrong and all of that, if what you have seen is coming from a place of conviction and it is true, life will begin to show those people after some time, right? But don't be a person where you are doing it in hypocrisy, which means that you do this and then, or you're working in an office, you say this, and then you say, boss, there's eye service and all of that. It says, look, get yourself, if you want to love this life and you want to see good days on this earth, it says, in your relationships, let there be no guile. Now, the next verse there, it goes on and says, let him ensue evil and do good. Let him seek peace inside his heart and ensue it. Verse 12 for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous to protect them, and his ears are open to their prayers. Which means the righteous is talking about here it is not the person who is confessing that the righteousness of God because of what Jesus did. It means in his dealings. You see, the eyes of the Lord are upon that person. When um, um, what's his name? Daniel was thrown into the lions there. And, and he survived. And the king called Daniel and said, what happened? He said, "Oh king, he said, two things preserved me. He said, between me and you, he said, there was actually no fault. In other words, he said, I did thee no harm when I was serving you. That I did it and I was faithful. He said, what preserved me was that I was faithful to you and I did not in any way undermine you as a person. This thing is proof, all right, that my heart and my disposition was clean towards you. And he said, "Before God, all right, I serve them." Now, when you start going into all those things, and you think that you know you are smart because you are doing things behind that people don't see you do, you are sowing seeds. You are planting seeds. The people may not see you, but I'm telling you this, we'll see this in Scripture. Something else sees you. The earth takes knowledge of it. The realm of the spirit is aware. If you look at James chapter 3, I think it's verse 7, when he says you've kept back the hire of your, uh, the laborers, James 5, 4. Behold, now listen what it says here. The higher, that's the wages, of the laborers who have reaped down your field, which is of you kept back. So people worked for you, you kept it back by fraud. In other words, you lied to them, maybe something happened. It says the hire of the laborers who have ripped down your fields, which you have kept back by fraud, crieth. It's not even the laborers, the hire that you kept back. The money you put in the bank is saying something. When you do those things, those very things are saying something. It says it's crying to God. The cry has come into the ears of God. So pay attention to your relationships. Alright, it says the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open. Alright, 1 Peter there chapter 3, verse, all right, 13, 11 here. The eyes, let's go back to scripture. Alright, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. So the face of the Lord is against them who practice these things. Evil. Let me say a story here before I go, and I'll say two things. You know, I was listening to a testimony by Apostle Osai, and who was talking about the fact that he was traveling to England for ministry work and um, I think he was going to preach for Pastor Shola Folaladi and on his way to the airport, a tanker filled with petrol, I think 40,000 liters, slammed into the back of his car. Now they survived it. But the story comes from the place where He said he had a very strong burden in his heart, and he began to pray, pray at one point that something would go wrong. They had a burden. He prayed he wasn't getting a release. He got people together. They prayed they got a release. He said on his way to the airport, all right, this tanker lost control, brakes failed, and it was their car that stopped the tanker. You know when a tanker comes and hits, and it's your car, it pushes your car until it stops. The only thing he was in front, his wife was behind his peer and somebody else. The only thing that saved them, physically speaking, was that because he was on the way to the airport, his luggage was on the back of the jeep. So the tanker compressed the luggage up until the last row, where his wife and they were. And they all came out unscatched. But he said something. He said after they finished that prayer, God just ministered to him. I mean, he didn't connect it with the prayer, but after it happened, he then remembered that the Holy Spirit told him that he should send a million to his mother. That he just remembered his mother, that bless your mother with a million, and he sent a million to her. He said, when it happened, then he remembered that scripture. Honor your father and mother, that it may be well with thee, that you may live long. You see, what I'm trying to say here is that God needs a legal framework to enter into your life. So, even when you finish praying, what he does, we'll say this, he teaches you the wisdom through which that thing will come to pass. So, he, he creates things around you, ministers. He needs a legal framework. That's why he says, to the merciful, I will show mercy. Uh, to God, God will minister to you to, to forgive somebody of something in an unusual way because of something that is coming ahead. He he will minister to you, you know, to to help somebody in an unusual way because of something. He needs a legal framework to come in. Look, if Satan could just kill people like that, he would have killed everybody. He needs somehow to get into the lives of people. So he doesn't have to, you know, what he wants to do for that I want to cut the life of this person short. Let me stay up something inside their family. So they'll begin to dishonor their parents. Once they begin to dishonor their parents, they give me legal grounds to come in. I will quote the scripture. That God, you said it, that it may be well with them. It can't be well with this one. That they may live long on the earth. They can't live long on the earth. He needs it. Let me tell you this here. And young men, it be good for you to take knowledge of this. I will also get to young women at the end of the message, so nobody is spared. All right, single people. Peter Daniels said something once. Peter Daniels is a billionaire in Australia. Uh, there are only one of three families in the world that are allowed to print their currency. He said his son was dating a lady, and the lady would come to the house, they would receive her, the family, everybody was happy and all of that. And one day he didn't see the lady again. So he observed, he didn't see her again. He now called the son, what happened to this lady you brought, this nice girl? And the son was, we broke up with And when he listened to his son, He felt this lady must have been offended by what his son did. He told his son, go and call her. Let's say her name is Alice. Bring Alice. I and the family will personally apologize to her on your behalf and ask for her forgiveness because you have embarrassed her by bringing her into this family. As somebody you wanted to get married to, we did all of this. You have hurt this lady and it will not be right. He said, we don't want the flow of wealth contaminated in this family. I mean, for those of you that know the song, you know the song, you know that song where it says, my mama used to say, don't go break young girl's hearts. You don't know that song? <laughs> Let me tell you what happened in Yaba. One guy shouted the song out. The wife knocked him and said, huh? I said, I said, why are you telling them that you know this kind of song in church? So don't say the song. Don't, don't be like, you know, so, all right? what? Is, what's Michael Jackson said? My mama used to say, it's the truth. And I, we'll get to it too. If you know you're not marrying a man, don't collect gifts. Yeah I'm saying it. don't be going up and down the whole place collecting turning him to Uber <laughs> If you know you are not doing I will show you those things have consequences don't say I didn't know I didn't know I didn't you knew he made it known to you his intention Ephesians chapter 3 here, yeah. <laughs> verse 8, because if you do it, you bring yourself under an influence. Is in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 8, unto me, Paul said this, that I'm less than the least of the saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches in Christ. Now, what does he mean by unsearchable riches in Christ? Uh, the unsearchable riches are inheritance. He said, I've come to preach the inheritance to you. The unsearchable riches, inexhaustible riches that we have in Jesus Christ. So, the wealth that we have in Christendom is not in properties, it's not in stock, it's not in land. Now, it can be converted to all of that. But it is called the unsearchable riches. What are these riches that he has come to show? Romans chapter 11 and verse 33 tells us, all right, oh, the depth of the riches, both of wisdom and knowledge of God. So the riches are in form of wisdom and knowledge. He says how unsearchable are his judgments. And his ways are past finding out. So it talks about the judgments of God. How we arrive, what process we go through in our mind in coming to any verdict or decision that we want to make about things and situations. So what God gives to us is wisdom and knowledge. And most of this wisdom and knowledge actually manifests itself in the kind of decisions we make in our relationships. In, in the intelligence that we bring, all right, into these relationships, that I am behaving in this way towards this person, right, because of some insight that God has given to me about, right, this situation here. That even if this person turns against me, this is my disposition towards this individual. Whenever I say, why are you doing this? What's going on here? And all of this. Because there's something that God has shown you about the place of this person or something, all right, right inside your life, that disposition, so you have that. And it produces certain outcomes in your own life that we'll begin to wonder, how did this door open and how did that door open? It's coming from the decisions that you made, choices you made. And that came because of the knowledge that you had, all right, in Christ, the knowledge of God that you had in Christ there, that causes you to act in that way. And other people wonder and say, well, why are you doing this this way? Because of this kind of information. There's the riches here. And the Bible tells us that, listen, one of the things about it, there's nothing that can be compared to wisdom and knowledge. There's nothing that is as precious as it. It tells us that, listen, so shall the knowledge of wisdom be to your soul when you have found it. There shall be a reward. None of your expectations on this earth will be cut off. Anything you reach for, you get it. Now, when Paul was teaching in Ephesians, which they say is the perfect epistle, where he wasn't correcting any error in church. In the church. He was preaching pure revelation, first three chapters, talking deep theological stuff. And then he now came from chapter four to chapter six and said, this is the practice of all I've been saying. Now, if you study four to six, majority of what he was saying was about our relationships, how you do them. Husbands do this. Wives do this. Children do this. Parents behave this way. Servants behave this way. Masters behave this way. Talking about how we relate using the wisdom of God in our human relationships and all of that. He said, why are you doing this? Because I understand something in God. This is how you behave and how you do things when you are in God. You can't find me. Not that we haven't had disagreements. You cannot find. Under this sun, you cannot find me. Fighting anybody that has been a blessing to me in life. You can't. It's not that people think that, in fact, we had a meeting, PFA, and some some young people were crying because they had been hurt about certain things people did. One of the ministers came to me and said, Pastor, he said, Pastor, you shielded us from the errors of people. He said, when I saw people cry, then I realized people have been hurt, said, but dealing with you here, there's a way you talk about this thing that you don't let us know some things. That you shielded us from something." He said, it's then I realized that it was because I was relating with you, you shielded us from certain things. One day I did something. One guy came and said, "Ah, Isn't this the person that did this to you when you were in school? I said, He said, Look at the way you just went on and spoke about this person with glory. Look, there are some things you don't touch. This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.